There is a lovely book of photographs by Martha Strawn capturing images of the Hindu practice of threshold drawing that is steeped in Indian culture going back thousands of years. And these are drawings that are created by women. Strawn tells us in the Hindu worldview, threshold is a profoundly important concept that represents a passage between one space and place and another, literally or metaphorically. Threshold drawings may be created to mark a wide range of life's mileposts, such as fertility rituals, weddings, births, or death. Patterns and techniques are passed down through grandmother to granddaughter and vary from region to region. Those images, considered a distinctive form of folk art, are typically made of rice flour sprinkled on the floor, as we learn from the Gregg Museum of Art and Design. We might focus on the image of the threshold as we meet Mona Pandey, an artist who draws on a number of Indian folk art traditions in her work. Mona Pandey is a native of northern India, and she remembers how wonderful her grandmother was in bringing the family together to make paintings throughout her home to mark special occasions and festivals. And Mona's art is rooted in that spirit, but she makes the tradition her own. It's as if, as Esther Duvall suggests, such traditional practices can show us how even hardworking and demanding lives can still be shaped by time taken to recognize and rejoice in the succession of times of change in each day, in each season, year by year, in the pattern of life itself. Nona brought with her to the WVIA studios for our conversation a lovely shawl, largely a saffron-like color filled with red dots and bordered with a handsome golden fringe. It is her wedding shawl. And we might say such a shawl represents a threshold of sorts, a passing from one state in life to another. And so when we view Mona's own artworks, it's as if we are crossing over and coming back, crossing over perhaps to her grandmother's home as we see a panel that easily could represent the red clay adorned with white rice flour that might have spread on the floor throughout her grandma's house or just in the way Mona draws on traditional imagery but makes it her own, here, today, in the United States. We are invited to visit the exhibition Indian Folk Art Mona Pandey, now through May 31st, with a folk art workshop tomorrow that is open to the public, and this is the Pauli Friedman Gallery at Misericordia University in Dallas, just outside Wilkes-Barre. Mona Pandey paid a visit to the WVIA studios to talk with us about her work, and she brought samples. I come from a very traditional family. I was born and brought up in India, and I moved here very early on, like I was 21 when I got married and I moved here. And my father was in foreign services, so it's like we traveled like every three years. But I learned it actually from my mom, because no matter which country we went to, she always had a little suitcase with her. And she would open up the suitcase and we carried on with the tradition and we moved to the next place and she closed the suitcase and moved on. So when I moved here, I think my husband was a little kid when he moved here. My kids are brought up here. So I wanted to keep my culture going somehow. So that was my effort, like whatever memories I had from my childhood, from my grandmother, my aunts, my family, I wanted to do it for my kids. 
So that's how the whole thing started. You had a chance in your travels then to see different styles, different places, and it's a great geographical spread. The styles are related to the geography? I think maybe maybe my comfort level was different because we lived in Russia, I lived in Mongolia, I lived in China, I lived in Hong Kong and Singapore, so different places. So I think I'm like comfortable with every culture. I'm comfortable with everybody, but at the same time, I'm okay to preserve my own culture. So that's, I think, maybe helped me. There is art of the courts, the Rajput paintings, but there's also a folk art. What influences have you brought to bear on your work? See, um, uh, I think in, even Indian art actually all starts from a, uh, a folk art. The origin of all the art is folk art in India. I mean, like different kind of art forms. And I think art in India is basically family oriented. So that's why I bought some stuff I can talk about. Like whenever people do like art in India, they are artists who paint. But generally art and traditionally was a group effort. Like a bunch of women getting together to paint something and bunch of priests like getting together to paint something. So that was the idea behind Indian art. Like, I'm just going to just show you. I know it's a radio interview. It's like an Indian shawl. It's a tradition from my side of the country where I am from. It's from Himalayas. I'm from Himalayas, Uttarakhand. So this is called Pichora. Pichora, it's like, it's like a plain piece of cotton. Generally, in olden days, when, when a bride would get married, they will take a plain white piece of cloth. Uh, women will dye it yellow in color. Then they will, all the women will get together, all the married women, and they will get the red dye, and they will use your finger or coins to make dots on it. So it's like a blessing which comes to a bride from all the community. So this is actually, it, this is like a printed version. When you see the original version, it doesn't look that great. I mean, dots are of different size, but it's love and affection. So anything which good happens in a family, these things are kept for generations. Like something good happens, you wear it. Like your son getting married, you wear that pichora. Your kid is born, you wear that. That means you're carrying the blessing with you. So that's the idea of folk art. I mean, yes, it eventually got refined, it got better. But the roots are always family, and not only family, actually community-oriented. Religion figure in? There is religion always, like, uh, there'll be center, there'll be some om or swasmen, uh, om or any kind of thing, different, different symbols of the religion, like sometimes there's five-star triangle, or, you know, the different, different symbols they have. They have it in the center, but it idea is the community love. And generally women, but men, like priests? Priests will do it like another art form I do. It's called Pichwai painting. It's a Pichwai. It's not from my culture, but when I got, you know, I learned my own techniques, I actually went and spoke to people who from India, like village people, and learned their techniques. Like Pichwai art is an art which is generally done in a temple. It's like in a temple, behind the temple for the decoration, the priests will get together and make the painting. It's like every festival, every season, they get together to paint. The priests will invite the community people. So the priests will make the main painting in the center and all the rest of the community will make designs around it. And in the temple, they will hang it. So it's a Pichwai art, another community work. So is other form of art I do, like Madhupani. It's the same thing. The women get together and paint to celebrate anything happy, anything good in their family. And the colors are symbolic. You say, now, this is generally a yellow background. I think colors are symbolic, but they're mostly prime colors because other colors were expensive. If you see red, blue, yellow, green, those are easy to make, like flower dyes and stuff. This yellow was generally turmeric. You will use it up. They will color it up. Red is a red clay found there, or they will use that flowers or rose petals. So basic colors they would use. You've gone and you've talked to the people who carry on the tradition. Yeah. But how have you made it your own then? What I generally do is like, even for my own culture, like this is uh, called uh, Alpana. This is like, uh, generally they have a clay, like a red clay. They put a red clay on the floor or the wall. On top of the red clay, they grind rice powder. 
and they use two fingers to make this design. So this is made with a paintbrush, but generally the, or traditionally it's on the floor with two fingers. So this is how the whole thing's, you know. And this would be like a tile that could then be. It's not a tile. It's actually it? just a tile form just to keep. Generally, it's the whole floor will be like that. It's such a big thing. So you need 20 women to do it together. Do you ever work with someone else? Originally, when I applied for the grants from Pennsylvania Council on the Art, the idea was to do a community project and teach people so we can all do it together. It'll become a collaborative effort. We did make a mural that way. And then in between, Corona came. So I had to do the mural alone. But uh, I have a desire, maybe one of the days, I would like everybody to come and we can do something together. What do we see when we come to the exhibition at Misericordia University? It's like mostly traditional art form. And some of the times, like we were talking, like when I learned the original ideas, I know folk arts has certain rules and regulations, like even number of lines, the way they are made, the way they are formed, what's in the center. They, they are very strict about it. Once I learned the rules, what I do is I just play around with the colors. I play around with stuff to see, put my own thing into it. Like this is supposed to be on a wall or floor, but I use my own medium and I do that, but I always put it in the front, like my version of it. So this way I don't hurt any religious sentiments. I like I, I carried on your culture, but I'm going to mix what I think. So my original paintings, are, they're not a copy from anywhere. I make everything from my imaginations. I use my own things. I use my own colors. I make my own designs and I don't use anything. I just go along when I paint. I use whatever comes to my mind. And the imagery, did I see something like a bird? Do you know which one I mean? Yeah, I know it. This is like a bird. That's it, yeah, yes. Yeah, this is like a bird. Madhupani art, this is generally I did for my folk art workshops. Generally for folk arts, I don't do religious art because I want people to be comfortable in this form of art. So whenever I teach kids, we keep totally religion out. We just keep the culture going. So that's why generally I pick up birds or animals. So this is Madhupani. So outline is always double. And then we put whatever designs we feel like it. And the images that I saw on the video from the Everhart, yeah. some of the painting, layering of the paint on a surface, it seemed a little bit raised. It wasn't smooth and like, this is pretty smooth. Yeah, I think, you know what, uh, originally when they make Madhubani, they used to do with a stick. And of original women artists, when the folk artists, when they made it, they would use their finger or they would use a stick to paint it. Eventually, now I see in India, what people generally do is they make it with a pen and use a color to fill it in. So I know the original farm art has been changed. So what I do in my way, what my painting is, I used to do all oil paint for folk art. But that used to test my patience because I had to let one layer dry before I could put the second layer or third layer. That's why you see the rays because I let each layer dry. I use the same techniques, but my way of it. But now I do second thing. What I do is I put one layer of oil paint. When the oil painting is done, then I put details with acrylic on it. So you see the rays and all that stuff because there's different layers coming on it. The style and rules are folk art, but my way. Your way. And the colors are not necessarily symbolic. They are just what looks good to your eye. Yeah, what looks good to me, how I feel like it, I do. I have done traditional paintings where I went, but how it was supposed to go. But these are all my way. I use the colors I feel like that day. Yes. And when you teach, what questions come up for people? What do they want to know as they're doing this under your guidance? Generally, when I teach kids, they get really scared when I see very complicated work. So what I generally do is I always take cardboard cutouts of my stuff to make ease them into it. So I'll say, you know what, don't, don't look at it. Don't forget about what we are doing. This is a cardboard cutout of a bird. Just use it. You don't have to hand draw it. So it just gets their anxiety out. 
Then they start growing it. Some kids actually will make it, erase it and make it on their own because the comfort level is there. And there are kids who want to learn, but they are not that skilled. Maybe they can't make the outline or maybe they can't just they're scared of making it. So use a cardboard cutout. They'll make the bird. After the bird is done, I said, now use your imagination. I said, I made leaves here. You can do anything you want. So I, I had a kid who actually made a rocket ship in there. So I'm like, I am okay. I loved it. It's his way of thinking it. So I tell them to use their imagination too. Don't follow the rules. Are there students who maybe have lost touch with their family traditions and are delighted to come to work with you because they can recover some of that? Some of them did, yeah. Some kids, their moms were like, you know what, we do it in our side of the country too, but my kids weren't doing it. Now they're doing it. They're enjoying to do it. So, yeah. But my idea is to also teach like non-Indians to do it because I want to make it like a fun-filled activity. Yeah, I mean, it's also the comfort level. Like first time when I had Indian art exhibition, that was in Main Street Gallery. So I had one of the person, I asked her, do you like my work? She said, I don't know what it is, but I love the colors. I love you, your brush strokes and it makes me feel happy. I said, thank you. You were being honest. So that's my idea. You know, you, they don't have to understand what it is. It's just an art form. If they like the colors, they make that makes them happy. Why not try it? If I'm exposed to some foreign art, I'll do the same. I would like to you know, know more about it. And that's the idea of melting pot with all the cultures coming together. You know, that's why we have to keep folk art away from religion, just the culture part. You know, we can all learn from each other. What about murals? You have done murals, yes. Yeah. Do you like working on the big surface? I enjoyed working for it. The idea for the mural was the, all the kids to come in and we were supposed to do it together. But uh, grants have a deadline that had to be done at a certain time and otherwise grants expire. And at that point, we were in lockdown of Corona, and I could not even have people come in my house. But uh, people from Downtown Business Association, they were really nice enough to me. They actually came to my house, gave the wooden planks to my house so I can work on it. I did call a few of the kids. I said, do you want to make the outline and put some color? They did come, but the scare of Corona, they could not come back. And I didn't want grants to expire, so I finished the mural myself. But it was a big help from the community. If they had not delivered the planks to my house, I don't think I would have been able to do it. And where is it now? It's in uh, South Main Street. What images will we see? I think main image we, which I made was a Pichwai art. Pichwai art is about Lord Krishna, but I kept religion out. Krishna is known for cows, so I only put cows, a few cows and lotus in it, just to make it something. It's Indian, but it's something with, like we are a farming community here, so people can connect with it. What about folk arts visually and music in India? Are there any relationships between them? I think folk art, especially for North India, generally we have recitals like shlokas and stuff like that. We do more like bhajans. There's not not much dancing involved. That's the difference between North and South. So I'm from North India. Art for us goes for recital, shloka. So it's different, chanting. But South India, it's more like dance along with the art too. But music and art, yeah, they do go well together. Do you see your work developing, evolving over recent years? Are there things that maybe you think maybe three years from now you can do this, but maybe you might be doing something a little different? Do you think about it? You know, I do, because we do go to galleries a lot. We do go to New York a lot. Most of the time when I'm in Soho and others, I use that for inspiration and come back with it. Like we were in Soho maybe two years back and I saw some artists at a chair. He had painted it all over and I just loved it. So I came home and I said, I love that chair. What chair can I use? So I asked my family. They gave me a cloth chair. So I put my Indian art in it. So I do go out a lot. It's for inspiration. Uh, last time we were in, I saw one of the artists. It was in Ford Museum in uh, New York City. You know, it, you get inspired from other artists. There is always somebody doing it. And I think I want to mix Indian art with maybe abstract a little bit. 
because I see like there is too much detail. So my next will be maybe putting a little bit details and putting it all around abstract. So that's what I'm planning to do. Yeah, a little. I mean, I want to mix around different styles. Yeah. The way you're talking about these images, you come alive. It sounds like it makes you happy. It actually does make me happy. I am in a different world when I paint. Now, our listeners, I hope, have met Liana, your daughter, and she is a remarkable human being because she's going to be a doctor, and yet she has always maintained this interest in and ability and talent in art. What is your relationship with her as painter to painter? Do you work together? Do you talk shop? I don't know. I mean, we talk about it. She will tell me which new paint to try, which style to try. Go see this work. Go see this. Now, she's living in New York City now. So she will tell me, you know, go check out that exhibit. The work is so good. You will love it. So we do. And when I'm using colors, even though she's studying, I'll send her the picture. Hey, what do you think of this color? Do you think they go together? Then she will always tell me, you know what, uh, do this. Maybe add this in there. So I, I look forward to her input. And that means a lot. Because your styles are different. Styles are different, but always color input or inspiring each other. You know, she's always will tell me, go check out that, go check out this. So I'm like, I'm always in touch with the art world. And she told us that there were things like skeletons around because your husband's a doctor, right? There were anatomical things around, at least in his office, right? It's in his office. You know, uh, the strange thing is, yeah, I think she finds art in everything. I mean, going to cadaver lab, you know, looking at them and making art out of it. I mean, that's a big talent. A lot of the people will get, you know, they will repulse. I mean, seeing blood, I'm not that comfortable. She can see it. And she said her idea of making a medical art, like, comfortable for everybody. So, and she has done a good job with it, yeah. And I think one thing I like about it, because I was also a science student, you know, I was, I had, like, master's in science. And before I moved here, not many people know, I was actually studying at Columbia University in New York. So, moving here, we moved here to raise our kids. And I wanted to always go back and finish what I started. But then I found art and I started enjoying it. I was a very, I was very good in science diagrams. I used to paint all the time, but I didn't know that I can paint. It was actually came from Liana. She's like, mom, you're really good at it. You need to start pursuing it more. So I painted myself. I used to paint, but I didn't consider myself an artist. I thought I'm just a science student who can just draw diagrams. So that came from her, to be honest with you. That's lovely that you can say that, that she said, but mom. Yeah, she's about, I mean, I was not comfortable using paint because for me, I used to be pencil sketch. So that comfort level came from her encouragement. Take us on a walk through the exhibit. You guys have till end of May, May 31st to see the show. And it's some of my work. It's more Indian traditional art. Big pieces, little pieces. We have like maybe I think four, five feet by four feet canvases too. I made three paintings just on Miss Recordia when we were having the show because most of my friends have seen my paintings. I wanted to add something new in there. So they were reason to come for the exhibition. So they're all different kind of work there. I mean, I did put some fabric art in the chair I was talking about. I did put that in the exhibition too. And I did paint some saris and stuff. So I did put that also. Do you have plans for community workshops where people could come and work with you? I have another workshop coming up with Ms. Recordia. So on Friday is my workshop. Anybody is free to sign up for it. So we'll be working on traditional Indian art techniques. I think it's two to four. In connection, with, in connection your, with this, yeah. You talked about your mother. What do you remember about your mother and color? My mom was uh, not an artist, even though she encouraged art a lot. My grandmother and my father's sisters, they're like really good at it. So even my mom's mom was very good. So whenever there was a festival in our house, whenever something came up, uh, my grandmother would make everybody sit, paint on the floor. So they actually did that. 
So I grew up in that atmosphere. My kids never had that opportunity to see that, but I grew up in that. Even my husband missed out on that. So in 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 India, along with whenever festivals are coming or somebody is getting married, the preparation goes on weeks before. So they will sit down. They will paint all over. It's so much work, and I used to admire. And they used to paint with the fingers. Believe me, it's a big art. It's not easy to paint with the finger. It's very difficult. It's very easy to coordinate a paintbrush. But working with two little fingers, dipping your paint and doing that, and making the lines very straight, making this thing—it's a—it's ama- very hard. I used to admire my aunt. You know, she was really good at it. And I never knew I could do it. I mean, I didn't know when I was watching it. I was actually learning from her. Now I can do it. But I didn't know that I could do it. When people are working together and you talked about the bonding, we're so into our devices and being isolated in this way to have a wonderful form of working together. Maybe you talk, maybe you don't, maybe you chant, maybe you don't. But it's something it seems like our society lacks and needs. I think we need more of that because I feel when we bond with an art or bond with something, I I think that connection is deeper. When people just meet to eat and drink, I think the connection is not there. People just eat and drink, it's over, they're gone. And when you meet for a reason, when you meet for a motive, then it's a different thing. We talk about the quilting bees of Exactly, the, yeah. Right? Quilting, yeah. It's the same thing. Quilting, painting. Quilting a little harder. Painting, I feel anybody can do. You don't have to be skilled. Like when they do group painting in India, the skill artists will make few things. But making dots with your fingers, it makes you feel good. It really does. You connect. I think when you make quilting, like making a big painting, a big painting together, a mural together, or a piece of cloth together, and then keeping it with you for years, you know, and wearing it for all the time, I think there's symbolism behind it. Like you need a society to sustain. You cannot live alone. You have to have your friends, your community with you, no matter where you are. So I think it's art and the symbolism together. Is mural painting something that happens in India? They do. They do it in the house. They do in their courtyards. So they're generally, you know, families and even relatives and neighbors will come and pitch in. They will help because otherwise you can't make it. Like this small thing is actually the whole courtyard like that. It takes days to do that. So I remember my grandmother used to wait. She used to call the whole family. When are you guys coming to paint? Because now Diwali is coming up. So family would make time to go there. So it just... uh, I think it added more to the festival. Like now festivals are turning very commercialized. You go, you buy stuff, you're done. But family getting involved, making stuff, even cooking together. I think that's more to it than buying stuff. That's how I take it. Tell us a little more about the festivals, like Diwali. I think originally the Indian festival is like to celebrate together. I've sad to say we are losing the meaning here. Now it's more we just cater food from somewhere. We have a DJ on, we dance, we drink, we are gone. But uh, I wish we could do festivals where we could gather, do something together, like paint together, enjoy it, and then be more connected to it, like our ancestors did or our families did. Artist Mona Pandey from Northeastern Pennsylvania, speaking with us about her work in connection with the current exhibition, Indian Folk Art Mona Pandey, now through May 31st at the Pauli Friedman Art Gallery at Misericordia University in Dallas, PA, right outside of Wilkes-Barre. Mona Pandey is a rostered folk artist with the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts. Through her work as president of the Indo-American Association of Northeastern Pennsylvania and through her community art workshops around the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area, she's demonstrated her passion for community-based cultural education. There will be an artist-led Indian folk art workshop tomorrow from 2.30 to 4.30 at Misericordia University. And if you'd like more information, gallery director Lane Little is the one to contact. And you can contact her at 
L-L-I-T-T-L-E at misericordia.edu. L-L-I-T-T-L-E at misericordia.edu. And for more information about this exhibition titled Indian Folk Art Mona Pande at the Polly Friedman Gallery now through May 31st, misericordia.edu slash art misericordia.edu slash art and gallery admission is always free.